Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the 45th episode of Cult Following, brought to you by the people who bring you Cult Classics AZ every month in Tempe. Your favorite films back on the big screen. We've got some awesome ones coming your way in October. Beetlejuice October 8th and Donnie Darko on October 22nd. I'm one of your three hosts for this podcast, Victor Marino, along with Kirby Nelson and Adam Rakowski. The suspense was killing me. I know. I'm trying to find a better lead-in because I feel like I'm fighting the beats. So I'm like, welcome to bum 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 ba ba ba. So just trying something different, folks. I fear change. Change. Yeah, I'm sitting there going, dude, I gotten so used to that. It's like like a fucking reflex or something like come on man we're mixing it up yeah, i was waiting for you to say uh start it over again no 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 that's what i was waiting for now changing it up it's all good change is good for the blood it's all good man mm-hmm. Saul goodman baby so once again we're back giving you our look at the world of film film culture film memorabilia and film ephemera in general Kirby just messed with the mic, which means he has to speak first. I apologize. No, Profusely. no. This is going to be a mute that track for that general chat episode. episode where we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to lately as we make our long, steady death march to episode 50. <laughs> the baton death march of Speaking podcasts. of which, what do you guys think of the Misfits reunion? Um, you know, I have, I've yet to see a good video of it. I haven't watched any of the videos. Uh, well, you know, for the most part, I'm never a fan of when you see a band and they throw the mic out to the audience to do lyrics or the part you want to hear them sing. Well, that's because Glenn didn't remember the, the parts. Yeah. For the most part, I'm sure that's the case. Because, but, you know, they only write maybe like four lines of the same thing just over and over again in their songs anyways. Yeah, I've missed out. I've bought tickets to see Danzig Legacy twice, but I've missed it on new, for, you know, differing reasons. And that's just uh, Glenn with Doyle. And I've seen the Jerry Only Misfits with Doyle. And I have to say, I mean, Jerry Only very much loves the fans, but he can't really sing at all. Oh, so you saw when Jerry was singing, not like yeah. Michael Graves or anything. No, other I people. saw the Jerry Ch- Dr. Chud Robo era. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. I actually saw Dr. Chud up at the uh, GPK Con. He did the uh, 30th anniversary DVD theme song mm-hmm. for the documentary and some other ones. So, yeah, he was out there. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Misfits, it's. I, it's like the utter blasphemy I'm going to get for saying this, but I actually prefer people covering the Misfits than the original Misfits. Mm. Like, I love the Violent World comp as one of my all-time favorites. There's a bunch of Mellon hardcore bands doing it. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of, I mean, it's really weird to me, like, some of the classic hardcore or punk rock bands and stuff. Like, to me, like, Minor Threat, the discography is perfect. Oh, like, yeah. the recordings are perfect. Yeah. Um, They're raw, but not. Like, you know, a boombox in a garbage can, um, which is really the way you could say a lot of my, like a lot of the great Black Flag stuff sounds. You know, it's got a raw, you know, vicious energy. But I just, I'm sorry, it's why I don't like a lot of like lo-fi black metal and a lot of other bands is because I don't like, I don't want something so polished that feels like it's glistening. 
you know, while I'm listening to it. But I like something with that's um, probably why I don't like ghost like their recorded albums versus live. Yeah, they're much better live. Oh yeah, without a doubt. They're coming here uh, next month to mm-hmm. play, and they're always good. I mean, I've seen them yeah, live a few times. I've seen them acoustic, different papas. Uh, it's always been enjoyable. They're they're just a great band. But I mean, for me, music is just that. It's I mean, obviously, I love the live energy, but I just you know, it's one of those things where I mean, like a lot of bands, like the Misfits wrote great songs. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm trying to say. It's just that I have a hard time listening to a lot of their recordings. Because I just I love Glenn Danzig's voice. I like the band. I just don't like listening to a lot of those recordings. That's just the way it is for me. And it's not growing up. I mean, I grew up when Misfits were on like Thrasher skate rock tapes and stuff that I was listening to as a kid. Um, young and impressionable. Same thing with like like I mentioned, Meyer Threat, Black Flag, Circle Jerks, all those bands, all the decline of Western civilization. I loved as a kid and I still do to this day. I just felt that some bands, it's the same thing with metal. Metal has a huge amount of that too. You know, there were bands he's talked about. I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, I know uh, Adam's a fan, like Converge, like Kurt Ballou has said, you know, it's like part is like they, they couldn't even get somebody to figure it out. I mean, I honestly think that's why he be some of the reasons he became an engineer. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of bands who just literally, I think, figured out how to do it themselves, even more to the DIY culture. Um, I, I'm not confirming that. I have no idea. I'm not like a huge. So I'm a huge there's and there's a great band example Converge love them live on record Jane Doe all the classics petitioning the empty sky when forever comes crashing but I like certain bands just live more um, a lot of the tech bands Dillinger Escape Plan's another band I really like live I'm just not into them on record so I don't know kind of goes on with that what do you guys think if you saw any of the videos or anything oh I know I haven't seen any of the videos I was I'm kind of uh almost don't want to ruin it for myself because sometimes when they when rockers get up to a certain age it kind of loses the mystique of what they were 30 40 years ago kind of thing i don't it doesn't uh it doesn't appeal to me to see the misfits again i've seen danzig so many gosh darn dingly dang times since like 1990 i think Mm -hmm. Uh, since like the first, first, second, and then part of the third record, and then that's when I kind of fell out of favor um, of his stuff, but always put on a good show. And and did you I ever w- get to see uh, Salwin? No, ever in your life? No. I mean, I I know there's very few people did. I don't even remember what they played live ever, like in terms of it. But I've always been fascinated if anybody because I'm you have a really vast live experience. Like you've seen so many shows. What's well, because it's we always went to First Avenue, and First Avenue was like the place to go. It was either that or it was like stadium shows. So every band that came to town went to First Avenue, and it was so accessible. Uh, and then later, working in record stores, you know, we'd get we'd get on the guest list, so we were able to see. I was able to go almost every single night if I wanted to, and sometimes I did for a while. Like I saw Weezer before they were like anything, you know, and and a few other bands that I well like Pantera. Yeah, Pantera uh, story is awesome. But but I've seen Danzig so many times, and I I kind of have him in that in a bottle of nineteen ninety four, probably like the tail end of when I was like listening to his stuff, or that's how I like I keep him a vintage nineteen ninety four. Yeah, Glenn. and he's and he's pr- and he's small enough. 
you know, to probably fit mm. in, a, in a bottle. Before he blew his voice out. Yeah. And Speak. that's the other thing. Yeah, I don't want to, like, have, like, a, yeah. I, I want to keep the the impression that I have of, of them, well, of, of Danzig. I, I, I Misfits, fine, whatever. I like I like listening to the music. I think like the uh, what's a, the like the greatest hits one is good because it just has like a nice cross section. Everything. When did that come out? Like ninety, nineteen ninety, I think. Before uh, the coffin set, they had just the CD. It was way before vinyl. the coffin set. Coffin set. Yeah, was later. I know which one you're talking about. That's a good. But one. I'm just saying, just it, it was just. I mean, I remember getting on LP uh, when I was like maybe like fifteen or something like that. So uh, that like eighty nine or something. But had a good cross section of stuff, and I think that was really my first introduction. Even though I was listening to punk way before that, Misfits wasn't really on my radar because I didn't really consider it punk. I was kind of throwing them in kind of the Kiss category, with a little bit more grime on the top. Uh, and I wasn't really into like the horror music culture. There really wasn't one at that time either. No, there wasn't. Um, you know, Coffin well, like Draggers wasn't around. You know. Um, I mean, yeah. If you want to even cut the cramps, maybe. Yeah, there was maybe. only like a few. Or like Alice Cooper, either. You, you know, that you had can... kind of yeah, theatrical or. Yeah, you could say Alice Cooper was theatrical. I just oh, don't think the. First... the uh, I don't think the cramps were ever mainstream enough to be. No, but they were part of like what you would consider before there was a, a horror punk or psychobilly or even all that stuff. There was, I, I think, kind of to that. When I was young, I do remember. A couple of the bands that you know, you had Alice Cooper is very mainstream, and then you had something like Cramps, which was like the fur. You're right, the furthest thing from mainstream. Mm-hmm. But it was people who were seeking out like horror and cult, integrating it. You know, integrating like mo- film references. Yeah, and stuff I could into see music. the cult more because if anything, I always thought of them more as like a uh, dark version of the B-52s in a way. That's, that's one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, it was basically psychotic lounge music, yeah. uh, which wasn't my thing. Yeah, no. no, I was I was into punk. I was is it had to be Dead Kennedys, Circle Jerks. Uh, I think the furthest that I went to something that was closer to maybe like nerd rock was maybe uh, like uh, Dead Milkmen, but most of the stuff had to be really fast. And uh, nothing in like a lower register. If they could just like clip off the the low E string, I would be happy. So I remember vividly when I was really into into punk rock. Uh, I was at a friend's house and they were they were playing me. Uh, I think it was Master of Puppets, and I said, "This is terrible. I don't like this. This is not. I don't. I, well, for one thing, his singing is all like oh la 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 la." Mm-hmm. Which is weird to kind of look at because it's not really that. But if you're not exposed to it, because the first time I ever heard Metallica mm-hmm. uh, was at my friend's house, and and I said I don't like this because it's like all like like lower stuff and like raw. Where I wanted like the the fast and like angry and you know. Mm-hmm. Well, there was also a huge division between. I mean, for a long time in the '80s, between punk and metal, but then hardcore is what bridged the gap. So it's interesting, but. Speaking Which of, was Stormtroopers of Death. Oh, yeah, totally. S.O.D. and, you know, Speak English or Die is still perfect. I mean, but that was the thing. Anthrax was also, like, Anthrax, for example, bringing over. But see, and then, yeah, and that, I mean, that, there there was a switch. Because yeah. my friend was kind of saying, he's like, oh, you know, in later years you're going to get into this stuff. And eventually I did. I think it was more when I was, like, in high school. Uh, and, you know, Anthrax was really big. Testament was really big. 
Pantera Pantera came a little bit later in the game. Yeah. That's kind of when thrash metal was. They didn't know what the hell they were doing with but themselves. Thrash metal anymore. was like a was like a punk style of metal. I mean, when you think about the early new wave of British heavy metal and stuff like that, it was. You know, there was a kind of classic rock side, and then there was mm-hmm. like the, the bands were getting faster and faster, and it was getting to be like speed metal, thrash metal, yeah. was punk. I mean, there were bands like, you know, Exploited or GBH or something was mm-hmm. touring. You know, they would, you know, play shows with Slayer or, you know, Anthrax, you know, a lot of the thrash bands because it was so easy. Like, even bands playing. Honey, I was so disappointed that the, I've, I have a couple Exploited and GBH live shows, UK shows. Uh, because I never had a chance to see him here in the states, and they basically turned into heavy metal. I mean, I I go back to like listening to the tapes of like Punk's Not Dead, and then to see them in the '90s, they're like doing. Uh, I I hate to say it, it was kind of like a cross between Poison and Motorhead. So it was. It was kind Adam's of on a, a roll with the descriptions, man. He's got. <laughs> he's got some interest, but it's kind of. I haven't true. thought about it for a long time. I did. It's I a, did see GBH in '98 or '99. It was at Rock Candy in Seattle. And did they go back to their roots, or were they yeah, kind of like they glossed were, they over? Were totally. Well, like kind of like you, they kind of turned into like TSOL for yeah, a while. They were playing more of the punk stuff because it was all it was oitastic, and a lot of um, Nazi boneheads ended up showing up and. All so it turned into the green room. Yeah. All I remember, yeah, was that the lights, there was actually a bad storm that night, and the lights went out, and all of a sudden, like, as soon as the lights went out, the power went off. I mean, you got near riot on your hands because of everyone's drunk, everyone's ready to fight anyways. And, and they Tony Elchin is singing Dead Kennedys. <laughs> Yeah. I did also remember one. I saw one. I saw what was it called? Punk rock karaoke a couple of times, and there were some people who got on stage, some awful ones, but there were some people who were better than the originals and stuff. It was amazing. But it's funny when you're talking about old and how people sound. I can say this week I just actually went and saw Black Sabbath, the end, the alleged except for you know Europe, and- except for Europe, Japan, and all that, but. Um, the alleged and then the second two. round, and then the second. <laughs> actually, I think this is the second round because yeah. I think they actually. I remember them doing rise another, again, another tour. Well, it's well. The I'm, big part too is Bill Ward is playing drums, and then they'll so, have a hologram of Ronnie James Dio to do a duet with the Ozzy's heaven, the reanimated corpse. I think the Ozzy's. Been, I think he's been dead for years. The um, watching I, I, him and stuff was just. I mean, it's so weird because you got all these people who probably saw Black Sabbath in, like, the 70s and 80s, and then you've got, like, people who only know him from the Osbournes. It's just such I a weird... I hope they were selling Osbournes like bobbleheads. That would have been... I'm sure there's there's a clearance house in uh, Bakersfield mm-hmm. or something that's probably selling them. But it was just... You know, it's not bad or anything. Bill Ward wasn't playing drums, which is bullshit no matter what. Which is an excuse to do a real... Last tour down the line, you know. Yeah, it. that's true too. But um, Tony Iommi always sounds great. Geezer uh, sounds great. Ozzy, he doesn't sound bad. It's just one of those things where you can tell he's getting so shaky in his voice and his. And of course, when he talks, you can't understand a fucking word he's saying. Like it's literally Phoenix. <laughs> There it is, actually. But you know thanks, what? Thanks, Ozzy. Appreciate you stopping in. <laughs> Have you seen that new uh, traveling road show that he does with his son, Jack? 
No. Ozzy and Jack go on the road and they're like they would go visit like the largest the ball of twine or the or they'd go they went back to the Alamo was like the big one to oh. that got like a lot of publicity. Of course it did. That is the most um uh lucid I've ever seen Ozzy. You could understand him. He seemed just like, you know, your dad or something. They give like him transfusions out. between takes. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if he's, you know well napped. For the uh, for the show, if he does like you know vitamin B shots right into his throat or something, uh-huh. I mean he's not shaking, he's not you know hunched over and kind of lurching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's were, just like so normal. They were entertaining. I will say that they played a great set. Uh, they closed the Children of the Grave and then did Paranoid, but everything else. I mean, all the classics are there. War Pigs, Fairy was wear boots. I mean, they played everything. Obviously, I mean, wearing Iron Man out- armor during Iron Man. That, alas, did not happen. That would have been absolutely incredible. If they would even had a real Iron Man visual, like the old music video, uh, would have been amazing. But they um, they had, like, you know, good backdrop. It was, it was fun, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, if I hadn't gotten tickets for free, I would – I mean, I would have gone because I've actually never seen it. It's just like – Last year was the first time I've ever seen Slayer or King Diamond. Mm-hmm. I had never seen either band my whole life. And I've been a Slayer and King Diamond fan since, like, it's just one of those things where either they stopped touring, they only toured Europe or, what, or you know, other places, and then it kind of just became harder and harder to see some of these bands. Sure. But I'm trying to have, like, a pretty good bucket list. And I do. I've seen a lot of bands now in my life. And um, I had the same thing like you. Know, when I had press credentials... And I was booking shows as well in California. I was able to to see a lot. And now as I'm getting older, there's just less and less I really, really am dying to see. And the cash grab stuff is just not very interesting. Well, that's kind of what I was wondering what the Misfits thing was, if that was like a mm-hmm. cash grab. All I remember was somebody, the first comment I read on a message board was, so they have another venue set up for all their merch. Like, Pretty much. Like, I was like, they have another stadium. Yeah, it's getting, like, kiss level with them, isn't it? If, if there's a Misfits, there's got to be a Misfits cough, and there probably is. Jerry only will license anything since he splits the profits with Danzig. Mm-hmm. Is the way I've always understood the arrangement. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. They've yeah. got to be. I mean, they, they, they have, have they even kiss had levels. Crimson Fiend NECA figures this year. Yeah. You know, which that always makes me laugh considering that cereal is in the public domain. How they can make so much money off of something they anybody can make money off of just by putting misfits in the famous monsters. Well, that's a, on it. well, even with the uh, the Danzig skull with yeah. the snarl, that's like from a comic book. Yeah, isn't that like a that, Frank Frazetta or something? Yeah, like that? probably. I probably. don't doubt it. I wouldn't. Uh, speaking of uh, your uh, Black Sabbath, the end show. I saw the Monkees. Oh, his last show. Yeah. Uh, so Mickey Dolan's was there a Davy uh, Jones hologram? No, I was I was almost wondering if they would do something like that if that was in their budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, same theater that we saw John Carpenter at, so uh, excellent sound, excellent venue. We were a little bit further back uh, than the very front center. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh you awesome. didn't get in the mosh pit there? No, no, oh, not okay. for the monkeys. Just making sure. Um, uh. Mike Nesmith. Well, this is the this is the fiftieth anniversary Monkeys tour, and it was uh, Mickey and Peter were the ones that were putting this on. Obviously, Davy has died several years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike said he wouldn't have anything to do with it. He's not interested on in being on stage anymore. But he 
Well, and also he was, I guess he was like finishing writing a book that's going to be coming out uh, later this fall. So he was trying to get all that tied up and, and he didn't want to be a part of the tour and be away from that. Uh, he ended up showing up for a few California shows, I think, uh, just at last minute. And they said, this is the only couple times that he's going to be doing this. And I'm like, oh, you know, please come to Phoenix, come to Phoenix. Well, dumb luck. Uh, Peter had a family emergency and couldn't do uh, the Tucson and Mesa dates. So Mike decided to come in and fill in and play. So mm, it was Mickey cool. and Mike, and I was just like, because Mike is my favorite. Um, so it was a great show. It was really cool. The way that they in, they involved Davey, well, they had they had the backdrop screen in, in the back, and they were playing you know, a bunch of monkey stuff during the songs. Um, but they played Daydream Believer uh, with his vocal track. Oh, so they had they had the video that they saw on the um, on the series. And they, they were all like singing back up mm. as they were doing that. So that was kind of the tribute they did with Davey. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. Yeah, I imagine. I actually saw Davey um, at Fort McDowell Casino out of and, all places. And Sam, too. She saw yeah, the full monkeys and he at uh, was I never saw State the full Fair. monkeys, but just Davey Jones. Oh. But he was an absolutely fabulous entertainer. Like he was really enjoyable. Um, you know, he didn't play a particularly huge long set. I mean, he probably only paid, played 20 minutes, but um, he was really, really funny um, and interesting and stuff. I mean, you know, I, I'm not used to that. I'm used to hardcore shows and metal shows. I'm not used to people being, like, particularly entertained stuff. But, you know, it's a nice change of pace. But mm-hmm. he was really fun and funny, and I, I, I'll go on record. Daydream Believers is one of the best songs probably ever written. And when he sang it, I mean, it was beautiful. But um, I mean, it was interesting. I saw the Beach Boys this summer, also at Fort McDowell, and they uh, they had their kind of Wilson tribute uh, to the brothers who departed, and mm-hmm. you know, it was it was nice. I mean, because they did God Only Knows, of course, and that was a similar thing where Brian's vocals were piped in. Um, <laughs> well, so, he's, he's still alive. Yeah. No, 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 on that track, um, so that. Kind of like what you were saying with Daydream. So Believer. he could so, do a duet with them. Yeah, so everybody else was singing backup, and he was. I'm was, sure he asked for a lot of money for that to mm-hmm. happen. I'm sure he did. He's, I mean, he, has he deserves thing. it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, Brian Wilson is the Beach Boys. It's a Brian Wilson free. I mean, it's, it's, I think it was just uh, Mike Love and Al Jardine, and that was it. No, I'm, John Stamos. No, John Stamos. So unfortunate. He's only doing a few of the dates to show up and uh, play bongos. Wait, while video of the Michelle twins plays in the background. Mm-hmm. My God. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy to think about. I actually remember when that episode originally, I remember Kokomo was like the biggest song in the world. Yeah. It was just crazy. Like you literally could not go an hour without hearing it piping out of something like oh, yeah. either a supermarket or, a, you know, the radio and everything. It was just everywhere. It's just weird too in that time period because it was late 80s. So, I mean, this is like the rise of hip-hop, heavy metal, like yeah. MTV, and yet that still was huge. Mm-hmm. Of course, you could say the same about Don't Worry, Be Happy, which was also in the same. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say that was yeah. around the same time. <laughs> so, who Smiley knows? Smiley faces everywhere. But um, all I know is is that the one thing I will say as a final cap on the whole thing is is that I heard um, they made another offer to the Smiths for Coachella. 
that apparently is some astronomical amount. They won't actually say what it is. But if Maz ever breaks down, I would love to know if he can. The same thing with Meyer Threat. Those are the two bands. Or a really a tr- uh, Rollins with Greg Jinn, Black Flag. I don't think any of those things are going to happen. If, I don't either. Those are the ones that I, I truly feel it's like cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Like there's just no way this is ever actually going to happen. Right. But maybe, maybe. I think those ships have sailed long ago. Until they're like dead in their <laughs> grave. Or yeah, until I, there's um yeah or until like the until long- Morrissey eats a burger, there we go, there we go or stops being a fascist whatever whichever comes first but just love that I love how all of East Los mm. is enamored with Morrissey right. and I'm like is he kind of like brown shirting it up a little too it was much? like <laughs> that when I was in high school too in California all the Latinos love Morrissey it was speaking of John Stamos earlier have you guys watched the um new season of Scream Queens at all. No, I saw the preview, but I, uh, the, but I haven't had a chance to actually watch the episode. You know, I I, I, would, I was very much on record as saying they shouldn't do a second season of Scream Queens. And uh, I, they kind of were smart about it, and they just went full camp. They're not even even a pretense of this is serious. It's If you liked the, the show before and you liked its campiness, here's that times a thousand. It has this really weird... John Waters esque quality to it in the season premiere. Yeah, it felt a little different. I didn't really like season one. I didn't watch all the episodes, mm-hmm. but it didn't it didn't capture my attention. When I got home from work, Ann was watching, and I uh, I caught kind of the tail end of it, and um, it had a different tone to it, a different beat to mm-hmm. it, like you said. I think there's a little more camp thrown in. Yeah, and I think I appreciated that a little bit more. Yeah. Then, yeah. then the other one that the the first season felt like the the tone was, I I couldn't I couldn't I just like I said I just couldn't wrap my hands around it. I didn't like how like serious it was. I feel yeah. In, I think they were ways. trying to walk the line in the first season of like let's get horror fans into this. And this mm-hmm. is like let's if you liked stuff like popular, the show he did yeah. in, mm-hmm. on years ago, it's a lot like that, but with a random killer. And I think it's just funny how they're st- sticking with the uh, color theme slashers. Like last season was the Red Devil, and this year it's the Green Meanie. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's basically like a guy in a green suit and a uh, horned orc kind of mask yep. who drips neon goo everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. And John Stamos is in his, isn't he? Yeah. John yeah, Stamos. He's one of the doctors. The who, who has a, who clear, very clearly, if you rewatch this episode, they established he lost his hand in a Super Bowl party accident, <laughs> and uh, he has a, the, the recipient of the first hand transplant, and there's at least two scenes where it's very clear the hand is trying to kill people. So that'll, you know... Come seem, into play a little I later, think, you think so. so? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think there was anywhere they could have gone but completely crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's fine. Like, I, I love the first season of Screen Queens. The only thing I'll say about it was it was a little long. They, mm-hmm. they probably could have cut a few episodes and it would have worked um, even better. But, I mean, some of the jokes in it, I mean, I literally haven't laughed that hard in forever. It, I mean, especially for a mainstream kind of show, it was it was enjoyable. But, yeah, I'd say it straddled that line. Like, they were still trying to keep it scary or gory or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I loved how it ended. I just thought it was perfect, a perfect ending. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to check it out. I just um, 
haven't just haven't had time to, to watch yet. But the story of Kirby's life. But it you is got the story to see. Of my life. You got to see The Exorcist early, didn't you? Yes, I did. Um, and I do apologize. I was supposed to write an earlier few. We were supposed to be ahead of the game. Um, but I I'm really tired. I've I've been exhausted since um, we got home uh, from Monster Palooza, which we'll talk about later, Victor and I. But um, I did get to see The Exorcist early a screen at Monster Palooza. And uh, it did have the um, two daughters, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, who were in the show um, cast, and they did a Q&A, and it was interesting. I mean, anybody who knows me, listen to this podcast, or know me personally, Exodus is my all-time favorite film. It's really, um, you know, I don't think it's blasphemy that they made a show. They can remake the movie for all I care. I, I don't have that kind of sacred sentimentality. But um, this show, I mean... It's just kind of like William Peter Blatty always said he never wanted The Exorcist to be considered a horror film or a horror novel. He always called it a supernatural detective story. And he always wanted his priests to be gumshoes, you know, with the actual detectives. The whole Kinderman-Karis relationship in the, the novel and book or the novel and movie. But for me, it's just um, – it's such a slow – even the, the movie is a slow burn and people who saw the version you've never seen, it was, you know, is the famous spider walk sequence, which freaking thought and Blatty both felt just happened too quick. Like it didn't build up enough until the famous head turning scene. Um, so it's one of those things where um, the show has a, a pretty good setup. It's just that they go full tilt at the end. That's the only thing I didn't like. They just, it's too much too fast. But I knew that for the show and for like a fan base and for people who don't have an attention span, they had to go that. So I don't that's, necessarily yeah, blame That's always them. how it is. It, it's always how it is. So. Now, talking about kind of a slow burn, I, I think I've watched most of season one of Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. And that was a good show because they didn't. Not, everything was kind of understated there, but with this kind of overlying uh, darkness and and kind of broodiness to it. But they didn't blow their wad. They let things kind of play out and maybe imply some things as opposed to be you know shocking shock value ish. Well, I feel that's also a consequence of it being on basic cable versus a network show. I don't think you could do – well, it's like the, the easiest comparison I can do is Preacher. Mm-hmm. The whole first season of Preacher is a prequel to where the comic actually starts. Right. And a lot of people were really annoyed by that, you know. So you're basically you're like, oh, so I really didn't have to watch this at all, <laughs> you know. But for the most part, uh, uh, especially where we are now with people's attention spans mm-hmm. – and with horror in general, you kind of have to feed them something right from the get-go or else they're going to lose interest, you know. And I wouldn't have mind – I don't mind them a lot more just kind of the uh, – I mean, the, I'm interested to see – like, I haven't gotten a chance to see the uh, the Omen TV show yet, and I don't even know if that started yet. I don't think it started yet, but I have heard – Yeah, because yeah, supposed, that's supposed to be on uh, A&E too, hmm. if I remember right. So I'm curious to see – if that's going to take a slow build to it, you know, because that's supposed to be like a sequel to The Omen, like a direct sequel. 
because it you know like Gregory Peck is the father and Lee Merrick is his mother and like thirty years have passed and he still is not you know the Antichrist we know. So I'm really that premise seems really interesting to me. Speaking of which, I want to see Good Omens made into something other than a book. Isn't no no? I was thinking American Gods. Yeah, that's going to be a TV show. But I don't I'm know. sure every. I, I'm pretty sure every comic property has been optioned at this mm-hmm. point in time. Like, I mean, they just whether it's live action, animated, something like. Oh, the second they create Netflix, a new character, yeah. that's I'm sure there's like in the contract of before releasing a book through either well even independent comic book uh, distributors. I'm sure there's some in the contract that says, mm-hmm. well, here's your movie rights, blah, 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 blah. Except, except Crossed. I'm pretty sure it's unfilmable. I don't think it could get past any censor ever. The comic Crossed is one of my favorites. It's a post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. one, but oh. it's just so violent and has so much gore, rape, murder. It's just too I, – I just don't think it could ever be done, but um, – our friend Brian Polito, we had on the show a while back, he actually um, did a short film in the Apache Junction Desert for a series called Stitch that really could have worked well as a, as a series or as a film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a great job on that with Garth Ennis, uh, a preacher fame. Speaking of which, Lamurta is really good. Yeah. Brian always puts out really good stuff. I mean, I grew up as a kid in the evil Ernie, Lady Death kind of mm-hmm. camp and always enjoyed it. But, I mean, I just, I mean, you know, like kind of on the whole thing of like comics becoming series. I mean, I just think, you know, and then, you know, they just did, um, I haven't watched it. I'm sure one of you probably will be talking about like the Luke Cage thing. Um, if, has that premiered? No, it's, it comes out oh, this Oh, it comes Friday. out. That was it. It's this Friday. But uh, I'm gonna try to watch that. I'm gonna, I'm going to try to finally watch a Netflix series as it starts. I, I'm trying, <laughs> except for I'm gonna be out of town. Oh yeah, so, so that's actually so not that's gonna be not gonna happen. So, that's some, why I didn't throw out I, I didn't sorry. throw out that promise because I'm like I'm gonna watch that after everyone's already seen it for a week. That's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's gonna be a while. Yeah, because uh, going to Beyond Fest this weekend that in we LA. Wow, busy time of the year. Yeah. I think Beyond Fest is a really good genre film festival. Yeah, because what do you see in you bastard? Well, we're gonna no, no. What's the big one? Well, now there's two big ones. No, I don't want. Okay, I don't want to know. So I'm just gonna um, plug my ears. We were for the gonna next go see minutes. on Sunday, October third, uh, Fabio Frizzi do a screening of the Beyond, which is an original composer's cut. He's done new sound cues and he's doing a live score of the whole movie. Complete with the audio, so it's almost like watching a play, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And then it's followed by a 35-millimeter presentation of City of the Living Dead, which is fine. I like that movie. And they've been hyping up this 30-minute special sneak preview right beforehand with special guests, which right from the beginning, literally, I was like, oh, this is very clearly going to be Ash versus Evil Dead Season 2 premiere with Bruce Campbell. Like, I was like, that's... It couldn't be anything else. And today they announced oh, it's going to be the Ash versus Evil Dead 2 season premiere with Bruce Campbell. Literally, I, I, I'm surprised no one else. And people were still saying, like, I'm not sure who it is. It's like, you know, I saw on, like, social media and, like, other, like websites and stuff was, oh, we're not sure what it's going to be yet. And it's like, uh, yeah, I think that one's 
thirty minute show. Yeah, uh, Victor called it. Yeah, first. I, yeah. I, well, I actually had my bets on uh, James Cameron's Avatar two thirty minute preview. Yeah, uh, visual visual effects real test. <laughs> In Navi, in Navi, oh, yeah. that would that would go really well. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's um, the weekends. You know, of course, the Beyond Fest goes week and weekends. It's a full, um, you know, every day there's an yeah. event. But um, Phantasm, uh, the restoration, which is getting a road show. Um, I know it just played here, and then um, but also Phantasm Ravager, the long, yeah. long, yeah. long, long. Long, that's fine. Long awaited sequel. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Kirby's gonna be watching I'm all about that. It. Yeah, I'll with be Don Coscarelli. Yep. Oh, holding hands, sitting next to each so. other, and Reggie Bannister. I hope Don. Oh Coscarelli my gosh, could you see that? The three of them. Just like I assume. Up. I assume uh, Kirby will have a review of Remastered and Ravager. I will. They yeah. um, actually, yeah. When I first met Don Coscarelli, I really I'd interviewed him before, but I never met him. Um, he hasn't come to a lot of cons, but uh, Victor was there. I think you were too for John Dies. John Dies. Yep. Yeah, at uh, the Loft, and um, I did not realize how huge he is. He's a big he, man. He is a a very big man. So yes, I will be cradled in his arms. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but um, yeah, so it's it's a great. I mean, obviously the you know the Los Angeles scrim. It's it's going to um, weigh heavily, but it's it's going to be great to see it. And um, there's some other cool little things. They do yeah. free shows. They're showing Neon Maniacs and Street Trash out to catch and both of those. Cinematic Void. They're doing yeah. uh, Sadako versus Kayako, which is the grudge versus r- the ring. And uh, I'm going to see uh, Big Trouble in Little China you a few bastard. days after that. Q&A with uh, Kurt Russell moderated by James Gunn. Motherfucker. Which I didn't even un- I didn't even dawn on me till later like why Adam is, is James really, Gunn really happy Why for, is James uh, Gunn moderating a Q&A motherfucker. with Kurt Russell I'm like oh right cuz they're both in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 or rather he's the director and he's one of the stars. I'm sorry Adam. Well no I could have got tickets. But you Victor had to go got to us forward. on the tip. Yeah, but I happen to be in Florida. Yeah, during that time, I do feel that that's all- the first time I've ever heard you really raise yeah. your voice in anger, yeah. Adam. I can tell. But here's the thing: it's they well. announced the lineup for Beyond Fest the day tickets go on sale. Yes, they did. It's not like you know ahead of time. No, I don't know. No, yeah. I mean, I th- there were still tickets available when yeah. you were saying, "Hey, there's still tickets available." Mm-hmm. So I mean I I, I know it could have totally been within my it means. It sucked though to too go, though. It was on a was Wednesday though. Yeah, Victor's making a real vacation of it. I'm just going out for the weekend. It's just oh I'm going to have to drive back here immediately afterward. Like yeah. literally leave the theater and then just drive yeah, right back here. You got your pre-show to make here. Oh no, I'll make that, that ahead. Oh, of you time. can make that. Yeah, ahead of time. Oh. but it's just it's one of those things where it's just like God. It's it's a lot of driving. I I don't I'm not a big fan of the drive. Yeah, uh, Victor actually on our way out to Monster Palooza um, nearly killed us at least twice. Um, but I cannot blame him because he was up all day and then drove till three thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Damn. And I had been up almost twenty four hours by the time we got to California because I work at four thirty in the morning. So mm-hmm. I've been up the whole night, whole day and night, and it was uh, it was a nightmare. That is a hard. Hard drive. Well, there just were tons of detours, which were yeah. making it really, really obnoxious. Mm. You know, when you have to yeah. get out the freeway and just 
you know, it, it's just God. When will this ever end? There was what there was a detour that happened. Uh, I don't know, several months ago. Uh, not w- something on our drive, but it was on the news because it was such a horrendous detour. Mm-hmm. It was 135 miles out of your way. God, God. because there was only one highway that went. You know, I think east or something on that particular tip of Arizona into New Mexico, and they had to close it a certain mm-hmm. section of it, not because of the wildfires or anything. I don't, I don't remember what was going on, but the detour was like going all the way up around the top and then back down through Williams or something. It was like 135 miles. Uh, Fuck that! Thirty thirty minutes out of our way was too much at three in the morning. Yeah. It was just. It, it was done. I mean, it's just funny because Victor and I drove out 2015 Son of Monster Palooza, and they were doing the same paving the exact same time of year. Yeah. It's like this the eternal struggle every time. They're just still trying to do another couple miles of this road, mm-hmm. like every year. No. Just is what it is. But yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm all about supporting like interesting genre film festivals, and I think that'll be cool. I'm, I, to me, it was even shocking there were still VIP tickets available for the Beyond thing, like, a couple days later. There were only 60 v- and they were only $45. This is the best deal ever. Victor let me know about it, and I grabbed it, like, the second he told me that was the first thing I grabbed was the Frizzy VIP. Because when I went and saw Goblin, their first tour in 2013, I paid $85 for Now, it's a you know, whole band and stuff, but paid $85 for the meet and greet. And the um, it was they showed Tenebrae one night and Deep Red the next, but mm-hmm. eighty five for I only did the VIP the first night. Second night I just did regular seats, but it was forty five dollars for the regular seats, and it was I, I'm to the best of my recollection. And you got with the VIP you got the poster. Fabio Frizzi charges forty five dollars for the VIP. You get sound check, poster, meet and greet. All that and the two films for forty five bucks. Well, I mean, not even <laughs> that. We also get. To shoot, we get in there early so we can pick our seats oh, yeah, for the entire thing, thing, including the Bruce Campbell Q and A thing. Yeah, it's going to be wow. insane. Like, and there's only sixty VIP tickets. Like, to the fact that those didn't sell out instantly. Like last year, I didn't do the frizzy thing because they fucked up with the ticket releasing, and all the all the VIP tickets were gone in like forty five minutes. Yeah, and this time it, they were literally just sitting there, like. Hmm. I don't understand. That's the literal noise. If the if the web page could have had one, it would have been. Like, yeah. I, I mean, the same thing even with The Big Trouble. I was shocked. I went back to look because I was like, oh, man, maybe I should just I should drive out and drive yeah. back or something like some crazy shit. I was thinking of doing that for the because the closing film is um, uh Enter the thirty six chamber, the thirty six oh, chamber the of the thirty six chamber of Shaolin with Riza doing a unique original huh. score <laughs> of the entire movie. Well, that'd be interesting. Yeah, and I was like, I, maybe I should just drive out for that. I do. Uh, he did let it leak that uh, Mondo, uh, the Mondo's doing an art print for that one. It's and they got Gabs, who's a really good artist, to do a twenty four by thirty six print of it, which makes you think wow. there's probably going to be art prints for big trouble and yeah for all the, well that's the thing i know victor is usually way more on top of the stuff but i mean of course that's another thing about beyond fest that you know they always have exclusive merch including well i know and, they're probably going to have uh those uh spear pins 
at the screening of Phantasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the um, I'm sure Frizzy's got exclusive stuff yeah. for his. I mean, exclusive they selling as well. We get you get the art print, the VIP, and it's just like, like I said, it's just I'm. I just want to say thank you, Fabio Frizzy, in advance for being so awesome and reasonable. Because I mean, I'm I just I spent too much money, so it's just one of those ones where I'm like, thank you, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, what a deal. It's just it's awesome, but. This is my second Beyond Fest. I know Victor has done a lot more than I have, but I had fun. Uh, a few will, years ago, I caught a couple films. And I really will enjoyed say it. a good hat tip if you are going to Beyond Fest and you have a Shutter account, the Shutter, the Roku, or website channel, whatever. You should sign up even for a free thing right before you go because if you go to Beyond Fest and you have the Shutter app, you get free beer and free popcorn what? at every screening. All you have to do is show them you know, like your shutter thing on your phone. I like as, as much beer as you can drink? Yeah, they let you have as much beer, as much popcorn. It's all free. Wow. And that you get that and we're not sponsored by Shutter. I'm just telling you, it's a good deal. You know, because you can if you get the free one, you can cancel and it's like right afterwards. Right. Yeah. Huh. So hat tip, do that. Damn. <laughs> um is it you like won't. Bud Light or some Miller Light? It's no the, the Egyptian sells beer. It's like you know, it's like any movie theater that sells beer. They have. I mean, it's not like on on tap. No, I think it's it's bottles. So I'm sure it's like a sponsored beer. But yeah, because I might, wouldn't think like it's you know like scenario. It's not going to be like it's not going to be Guinness something shitty like Pabst Blue Ribbon. It's probably like you know something something something. Yeah. What if they're like exclusive Beyond Fest bottles? No, I'm pretty sure there was a regular beer last time. Oh. You no, never no, this know, this time. Yeah, could be. Uh, probably not. But, yeah, that was one of the things. And uh, I'm stretch, but I'll take one. It'll be like, <laughs> thank God I don't have any edge tattoos, like mm-hmm. X'd up my hands or something. It'll be like, dude, can I get like six, seven more bottles here? <laughs> well, they probably are, well, they're probably know, stingy. You like know, the other thing, too, you didn't go to Beyond Fest last time, right, Kirby? No, sir. Uh, they usually do stuff with Donut Friend, which is a vegan donut place oh, and they give away free vegan donuts oh i get so much fatter <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you see why i like this festival it's it just, is sweet it's pretty awesome actually the last one i remember seeing beyond fest i went to a couple films but i remember seeing the um the arrow presented house of wax in mm-hmm. 3d with vince the vincent mm-hmm. price film and it was incredible that's one of my favorite 3D films by yeah. far. So that was very cool. They have a lot of cool stuff there. They have like a Holy Mountain with a video intro by Jodorowsky. Yummy. They have the U.S. premiere of Dawn of the Dead, the 3D version, which I don't know how I feel about that exactly, but it's cool. Yeah. And then they have uh, Anna Lily Amirpour's new movie, The Bad Batch. She's the one who did A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Okay. And uh, they have this other movie called Raw, which I think is about uh, vegans who become cannibal cult members, which is also... It'll happen. Yeah. And then there's another cult movie called The Void. So there's a lot of really interesting (laughs) stuff. The cannibal... The first one is called Raw. The second one is called The Void. Yeah. The Void is... I'm really... I would love to see as a Lovecraftian horror movie that mm-hmm. um, I saw some info on and I'm just absolutely fascinated by because of course always good to see Lovecraft stuff in it's the by the uh, Astron 6 guys who yep. did the editor which I really like that movie oh. 
Speaking of Dawn of the Dead, I don't want to quick jump into our Son of Monster Palooza stuff, but our uh, Victor actually drew one of the original zombies at Son of Monster Palooza. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the cast members there wanted to be a zombie. I He said he'd played multiple zombies in the movie. Yeah, I think he said he was the doctor or something like that, so he must be in some kind of overcoat or scrubs. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and watch it. But he was one of those dudes who was very, very specific about every place he was, every location that he's in in the film. So mm-hmm. he looked, I mean, definitely old enough to have been. And I'm like, yeah, he probably was, just not one of the ones that – it's not like the Krishna zombie or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah or the uh, the um, helicopter one. Yeah. Yeah, where it's like, oh, hey, yeah, I can actually uh, <laughs> charge for my mm. autograph because you actually know who I am. Yeah, exactly. No, but then we did we did do Cinema Monster Palooza, which was a really good show for us. Um, I wasn't super thrilled about the uh, guest lineup per se, but it was cool because they did have pretty much a full reanimator cast reunion and um hills have eyes that's right those were their two big cast reunions that i remember mm-hmm. yeah i saw barbara crampton put up a picture of the uh, reanimator reunion mm-hmm. i was like that's really neat yeah <laughs> I, i've really seen neat. that panel a few times um yeah they like to get together every you know five years or something because they just they, yeah they you can truly tell that they truly truly like love each other like a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. The one at a uh, weekend of horrors, where they um, had the full cast reunion, and then they did um, at that point in time. That was the pre-production for Reanimator the musical, and they had um, Jeffrey Combs did a live thing for the um, Edgar Allan Poe show, the Raven uh-huh, one. He yep. did, but oh, then they right. oh, but then they also had Stuart Gordon had a couple of the cast members from Reanimator the Musical up there, and one of them I'll never forget was George Wendt. George Wendt. Went. And he did one of the songs live, and it was absolutely awesome. Um, just one of those great experiences. And then I saw another one when they did a Reanimator the Musical panel, which is always one of those shows I'm very bummed. I, I should have just gone out and seen it. Because um, it didn't, I know it'll tour eventually, just like Toxic Avenger, Evil Dead, but mm-hmm. really wish you'd seen it. But yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, you know, Monster Palooza, uh, for those who don't know, is split into two festivals. It is Son of Monster Palooza, which is a smaller one, still at the original Monster Palooza location at the Burbank Marriott. And then they have Monster Palooza, which has moved into its new location at Pasadena Convention Center. Yeah. And Victor um, tabled at the inaugural one this past, uh, what was it, March or April? Yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. So it's, uh, of course, much bigger, more guests, more um, fireworks. There's, they have say. a lot more, you know, it's it's just big. It's very big. Yeah. So it was fun. Um, I checked out the because Victor had stayed at the table more. Um and I'm not getting paid. I went yeah. and I went and enjoyed some of the stuff. I did see the Hills Have Eyes panel, which I've actually never seen any of those. Um, I know they've done a couple before, but you know Michael Berryman, D. Wallace, and stuff. It was it was mm. fun. Um, this one actually had a couple of composers. Um, I'm so far so sorry. I forget his name. The composer of Hills Have Eyes was there. Um, one Way Stack put a great release of that. Um, but uh, Richard Band was there, who's one of my favorite composers of all time. Did the Puppet Master a lot? All the Empire films because Charlie Band is his brother. Yeah, but um, he's a phenomenal um, individual. And then um, cast wise, 
I only got there was a lot of conjuring stuff. They had a conjuring maze that That's right. um was literally had a line around the building every single day. Hmm. So I never even got to go in. Um and uh had a lot of those folks from the conjuring two and um some of those movies and then um other than that, I didn't see a huge amount. Um I did get Tawny Katane's autograph, and she looks like a real housewife of Orange County, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Was she orange? You know, that's the only thing she wasn't. She had every other thing on the checklist. So the Botox, just the yeah. oh yeah, and... it's it was. She hasn't reached full uh, Donatella Versace like the really? Muppet yeah, look. I oh, God, I hope not. No, but God, um, no. you know that could be the future. There's yeah. goals to look forward to. Um, but uh, she was nice. It was just, I mean, the only reason I got a witchboard one. Um, and then. Uh, oh, I love that movie. I just can't believe she, like, somebody should just, she should have just Ouija boards there and signing them. That's true. That's actually, see. I feel like a lot of these people, they have handlers, but none of them are really all that creative. For the most part, I've, I'm really burned out on the whole celebrity autograph thing. I've had this a really long discussion with this about. With Kirby on the way back, but oh yeah, for the most part, any time now you see these celebrities, if one of them raises their price five dollars and gets it, they'll all do it like a stack. That's yeah, like a gas station. Yeah, across the and street. it's super obnoxious because you're expected to instantly pay it, and if they don't have change, somehow it's your problem. And they all have the worst eight by tens ever, where it's literally. <laughs> Just a screen capture that they got off of Google Images and didn't clean up. Usually it has a big black border around it because they didn't even bother. And some kind of J- JPEG logo of the movie. Yeah. It's I just, remember one it's of them straight had garbage. To me, to me, and I'll say this right now. I'm going record. If you're going to charge anything over $20, you need to have a professional headshot or some kind of really nice shot of you from the poster where you had paid someone to design it. And you have to take your time signing it because it's bullshit otherwise. A hundred percent bullshit. No, True. I agree. I, I yeah. completely agree. Um, in fact, if she had not lowered her price, I would never have bought. She wanted something originally like astronomical, like $35. And I think it was like 25 And I was like, okay, $25, i will do it. And even I want to pay that because I agree with Victor. I don't think it should be over 20 unless you're collecting for some kind of charity or some kind of something like that then I might be more considerate or you're a really well-known celebrity mm-hmm. um, where there might actually be value in your signature. Um, but like, yeah, these washed up people, a lot of them, it's like, um, and then like I got Sharni Vincent from You're Next and be just because I don't know if I'll ever see her again. Um, and she was really, really nice too. But I mean, it's just like, I'm getting burned out. I have so many autographs now. It's kind of like, kind of burnt out, but especially on the pricing. And there is no ingenuity uh, i did even see someone that, that victor's talking about like the scale of unacceptableness is like the worst is i've actually seen celebrities air quotes are there who have been put who actually have been doing them on paper like regular paper like it's printed <laughs> out from their their i'm sorry their g clay printer yeah uh-huh the um yeah don't get me started on that yeah we, we, we won't talk <laughs> yeah. about uh our unpleasantness at this fest we did have a lot of great uh, we do i i mean at least i will i know victor price is i mean huge shout out to jennifer rubin from night Run elm street part three the crush she was awesome she was uh, like a table down from yeah. us 
and she like on her own, not us like going over, just came and hang out, hung out with yeah, us hung for a out while at the table. And she's just awesome, like just a genuinely really nice person. Actually from Phoenix, hmm. and um, had a lot of great stories. Yeah, I think she said she went to Coronado High School, which yeah. I didn't know that, and lived near Alice Cooper. So she had all these Alice yeah. Cooper stories when she was nice. a kid. Um, very cool, very cool. Uncle person. Alice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, we had some. It was it was fun. But, I, I um, will say just one thing, and I'm not going to name cons because there's more than one. If people, if you're running a local con in Phoenix or even a big con in Phoenix and pe- celebrities reach out to you about wanting to be a guest, please get back to them one way or another so I don't have to deal with it in an out-of-state show. That's all I'm saying. This happened. I can more confirm than one this person. did. This did occur. Yeah, oh. it's sending an email is very easy. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. Yeah. Um, other than that, cool. Always one of the things that's cool. Just finish it up. The Monster Palooza thing is is that um, it's more than movies. They do the makeup, the mask, um, art, um, pins. Victor and I both got some cool pins. We got oh some yeah, great yesterday's dot co. Um, that's yeah. their website and their Instagram name, which I thought was really clever. What was it again? Yesterday's co. Oh, okay. They made. They had some really cool pins. They had like an ecto cooler pin. They had. Um, the WWF logo. That was right. Tales from the Crypt. I got a Glenn Strange Frankenstein pin. You know, it's nice to see them not just all be Karloff. So that was cool. We got to hang out a little bit with our uh, friends from Mad Monster. We went oh, to yeah. uh, the Mad Monster Palooza after party, which uh, Tim Capello, the uh, sax player from Lost Boys, did a very crazy <laughs> set. He's very excitable, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was awesome. He, uh, I, Victor and I both put up stuff, but it's just, I mean, he came out, man, he gave 110%. If you didn't believe by the you know, the end yeah. of it, then there's no hope for you. Right. Um, this was our second year as not judges, but participants in some way of the uh, – the audience for the Miss California. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, we can't, we can go on and on about some of the less than one, but the girl who won killed it. Yeah. She deserves to be called Miss California. She did a tribute, uh, a Cthulhuized version for uh, the Little Mermaid. She was Ursula. Yeah. And she just blew it out of the water. Like, absolutely amazing. So is that a uh, costume contest or what is it's it? It's like a costume contest slash beauty pageant kind of Talent. thing. They have it here too. They have Miss Scarazona. Hmm. Yeah, and um, the, the girl who won last year was a contestant on this one and it seemed like she was contractually obligated to be there and she was not happy at all about it. No, she was not. And it was really obnoxious and then there was somebody else there who was clearly doing it to try to get a job from one of the judges and just kept being a walking resume. It was um what's his name? Uh one the Deuterope puppet master. Uh, I think he's Linnea Quigley's husband. Mm-hmm. He was there or partner, business partner. I can't remember what they are, but I, they're always together at the cons and then um Kevin S. Tenney wrote Night of the Demons, director of the film uh uh Brain Dead and a lot of Witchboard. He was there, and then mm. I can't remember the other people. Oh, uh, Caroline Williams. Was yeah, there. Caroline Williams, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. 
was the uh, what there was this lone female judge, but interesting to say yeah. the least. And then she's um, got a lot of energy. Yeah, her, um, she was your because last year it was a Ken Foray and PJ Souls who were the celebrity judges, so she took their place. Yeah, very very interesting, but. Um, yeah, it was it was a good one. Not as good as last year, but yeah. still a lot of fun. Um, we did find out Mad Monster Arizona is coming back. Yes, the weekend of May nineteenth at Fort McDowell Indian Casino. So that'll be exciting. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, it's nice that we didn't scare them away. <laughs> that is true. That's very, yeah. very true. And then, well, I wonder if they're gonna if they're gonna have the uh, same amount of celebrities they they told us they actually were not they're going they they learned some lessons from last year and they're gonna go for quality over quantity they told us i don't know man there was so much quality at that last one well we know we know who two of the guests are and it's we're they're exciting guests so we're not it's not our job to break that announcement but right yeah well of course things can change from there too but you're still gonna have to tell me off air yeah yeah, they um no, I mean they, they have a lot of confidence in Arizona, and it's awesome because. Um, well, it's it, my favorite local. It, it's just yeah. an incredible event, Con. and they um they it, it, even McGar and all them they just and his staff work so hard, and it's just you know they really want to bring that experience of um you know like the old weekend of horrors events and even Monster Palooza and mm-hmm. stuff. It's just a top tier with great celebrities, um, great events, you know, good Q and A's, uh, which actually was my favorite part of this year's Monster Palooza or um, this year's Mad Monster in Arizona. In fact, Caroline Williams at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two panel was absolutely one of the funniest things. She went nuts, and it yeah. was just yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um. So th- you know, it's it, there's a lot of value and um, a lot of enjoyment, and I've I've loved every year. It's improved every year. That yeah. is the best thing I can always say about Mad Monster. So I know 2017 is going to be even better. They yeah. just need to iron out the uh, sound system for the Q and A rooms. Yes, they yeah. Do. Either think... they have to train or tell the people how to use the microphones, or do like the little clip-on lapel ones, or so hire they don't have to different sound people. Uh, That's true. Yeah, I think it's just like a communication between yeah. the the sound engineer and the and the uh, panel guests. Yeah. So we're getting down, and we're kind of doing this in reverse. Uh, yeah, we're an, we're an hour want... into the podcast. I suppose <laughs> almost, we should get into almost... what we what we saw. We oh, I thought we were just this was just general. We have been think talking about things we saw. Oh no, I mean, uh, well, I I have a list of stuff that oh. I, I haven't even mentioned anything yet. Oh, really, you can I? go the monkeys. Yeah, well, you that, you guys but... did do like the NPR Music Hour for the yes, first thirty did. minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I thought I'd switch it up. It yeah. just came to my mind because I I did see the monkeys and I thought of the you know Misfits reunion and then that. No, that's a great mm-hmm. point. So. Well, and a lot of this too. I mean, you know, a lot of um, fans of of cult movies and entertainment. I mean, there's a lot of cult bands and a lot yeah. of you know. I mean, I I I think it's really hard. I mean, there are very few people I've ever met in my life who love movies who also don't who love music or books or mm. art. I mean, it's video games. Um, you know, and then like subgenres like horror. I mean, so many people are into wrestling, you know, including myself, yeah. Victor, a lot of other, you know, there's just a lot of things or things that were a part of their lives. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's just threaded together because a lot of them, I mean, now there's a, you know, a huge amount of popularity. But when we were young, this was kind of the outcast stuff like oh, yeah, that sure, you were sure. into. It was yeah. the underbelly. And so, 
you know, I, I think that's a big part. Other than so having I, just like your close little inner circle of friends, and I maybe yeah. had like l- less, probably like maybe five I could count on, you know, one hand. Uh, we just, we liked what we liked, and we didn't really tell other people about it. <laughs> you know, we would have like a certain uh, part of the of the playground where we would play, uh, you know, Elf Quest or Doctor Who. You know, we'd like take on different personas of whoever and and play our own little like fantasy run around. But and then all the other kids would be on the swings and on the other side of the of the playground, um, and we just did our own thing. I ran into uh, when we were in when Ann and I were in Minneapolis. I ran into a friend of mine. Uh, that I have not seen since high school. We reconnected on Facebook, so I invited him to our get-together. And that was one of his memories uh, from, uh, I don't know, you know, in grade school was uh, he was part of our circle, you know. And, and as we grew up through junior high and high school, he went on to do more kind of sports stuff. Uh, but we still remained friends. You know, it's still acquaintances, but we didn't, like, hang out and... Uh, but he's become more in touch with his nerd side over the last 25 years again, uh, or maybe accepted it Acceptance, once again. Acceptance, yeah, is uh, the word. Uh, but he, he vividly remembers this, you know, being in the playground, and he was part of our little inner circle of, you know, coming playing uh, V, you know, the visitor. We I remember playing V a lot, the old TV show mm-hmm. series. That was a lot of fun. And then we'd have like the big reveal before the bell would go off, before we would go in after recess. Who was of like, oh, yeah, we'd you know, pretend to scratch face. off the face and who was the lizard dude, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Oh, fun times. Oh. Yeah. Oh, do you want to know what I've been watching? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I went on a little, little nostalgia trick there. We really uh, got NPR there for a second. <laughs> Hunt for the Wilder People. I saw That's it. It's very Victor. good. I know that uh, you made a very bold claim that you believed it was better than what we do in the shadows. Yeah, I think so. I disagree, but mm. that's okay. Well, it's it's a very kinds of movies. yeah, it's a very well made movie. But I can watch what we do in the shadows like every day. Mm-hmm. I've watched this movie like four times already. Hunt. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know if I need to see it again. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of Up. The Disney's. Oh, I don't up. think it's depressing like that. No, no, with the old man and the little kid, and it's like, oh, get out of my life. I don't want anything to do with you. And then they're kind of stuck together, and then they have an appreciation for, you know, who's they are. I guess on paper it reads like that, but it, it seems much more fantasy to me. Than up? Wait, up is more fantasy? Or this one? No, this fantasy? movie, it's it's like lighthearted in a, you know, in a way that's like funny. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a it's a great movie. I do mm-hmm. recommend it. I just didn't think it was as good as what we do in the shadows. Yeah, but the, like you said, they are different movies. Mm-hmm. But it's the same director. Yeah, so that's why that comparison is was being made. Uh, I did watch Yoga Hosers. Oh, okay. Sorry you boot that. Sorry yeah, about that. I'm glad you took that. Thanks bullet. for yeah, I was just gonna Sorry say thanks that. for taking one for the team. Sorry boot that. I was actually looking forward to seeing it, and I I liked it on what I like to call a surface level. Uh, the brat, Bratzies, the, uh-huh. the, the brat Nazis, bratwurst Nazis, uh, is that what also one of my favorite things to say about Kevin Smith is he smokes way too much pot. Gee, He's gone gee, way off the, off the deep end. 
but this one was more akin to like Clerks Two, which is not a great movie when you compare it to Clerks One, but still fun to watch. Clerks Two. He's dropped all the movie reference stuff. We're going on a on a diatribe of you know Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. Um, the the two girls in it, the Johnny Depp's uh, daughter Lily Rose, and then uh, Kevin Smith's uh, dollar d- dollar. Yeah. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh, Harley Quinn Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they were good. They were enjoyable to watch. It's just that a, a lot of the parts of the whole of the movie didn't really have a cohesive arc to it. Mm. Um, kind of one of those things that felt like it was shot in a, over a weekend in someone's backyard of just like a real th- thread bear plot mm. uh which can be okay for kevin smith but i need to, i i like his dialogue when he starts when it starts uh locking in to the monologues that some of the characters will do now and again in all his movies mm-hmm. <laughs> i saw that look on your face Victor. i'm sorry some like, people either like that or they don't yeah i'm, I'm of the opinion they don't I, yoga hosers has none of that mm-hmm this is more straightforward. I think Johnny Depp as Guy, uh, um, was the weakest point in this movie. And I even said that about Tusk at some point. Um, he kind of mumbles through what he's talking about and you're not a boot and you're not really listening to what he's saying or does it really have anything to do? Why, like, why is he here other than it's, uh, the Canadian trilogy that Kevin Smith is putting together. I'm talking about this way too much. Mm. The Canadian trilogy that he's putting together, which started with Tusk, now Yoga Hosers, and uh, next one is Who's Moose Jaws. One? Oh, wow. So the girls will return in Moose Jaws. But as same thing with Tusk, during the end credits in, in Tusk, they had some of the Smod cast that... Um, the genesis of of Tusk, uh-huh. where they're where him and and Scott Moser they're high as shit, and they're laughing over this whole idea of somebody being turned into a walrus. Yeah, uh, which was the genesis of Tusk, and and same thing with Yoga Hosers. They do the same thing at the end of Yoga Hosers during the credits. Scott Moser says something of you know Yoga Hosers. Kevin Smith hears the words Yoga Hosers, starts laughing, and then they start riffing on what a yoga hoser is, which is more interesting than the actual movie itself. If they would have gone with... I feel like that's Kevin Smith's career ever since Zack and Miri, probably, where the ideas are more interesting than the execution. Probably starting with Red State. Yeah. Well, even with Tusk, the whole original idea was, you know, this faux Craigslist ad about how... You know, I want you to dress up as a walrus. You get free room and board, but you only get to eat crabs and fish and all that. It's like way funnier as a almost like a kind of like a room kind of thing, like this really kind of weird avant-garde possible romantic comedy or something. I mean, as a horror film, it's not the worst thing. And I didn't hate Tusk. I, I want to make that clear. I, I didn't love it. I didn't like it. I mean, like for me, Red State was far more... Come on, man. Like, That's the only ter- thing. Red State is a terrible movie. It is awful. And the only thing I liked about it was the whole ending, which they, you know, he didn't even get to do it, you know? Oh, don't forget Cop Out. 
I, I don't. I didn't even watch. I never even saw it. And I never saw what yeah. was the Die Hard movie he directed. That is it. No, but didn't he do a Die Hard movie too? Well, no. he was in the last. Die oh, was Hard that? Movie. No, he was yeah. in it. That was yeah, it. He was I the was geek like, in the basement. Yeah, I know it was. That was it. Now I remember. I did see that where he was that. But I mean, all I remember my always Kevin Smith one is Catch and Release. Which I saw on a plane, which is a Jennifer Garner romantic comedy, shocker. And Kevin Smith plays the fat friend, fat stoner friend. And it's literally oh, yeah, like that. one of those movies <clears throat> where you're just like, there is nothing more by the numbers than this film ever. Yeah, there's, there's nothing a- more by the numbers than a Jennifer Garner romantic comedy. Well, that's true Jennifer too, but Garner. I didn't. <laughs> Pun 13 going on 30. There's that too. Yeah. But anyways, it's one of those ones where or ghosts I, of girlfriends past. I could just keep naming them. Please stop <laughs> name names. <laughs> it's just it's not it's not good. Yeah, Brayson Victor's gonna go on his made in Manhattan trip or something. <laughs> He'll be like, man, you know, I just want to compare and contrast this. It's just, I I mean, with it, but I mean, I circling back to the original point is that yes, you know, his ability to generate original ideas which you would believe pot might exacerbate, has actually become, you know, really his downfall, where it's just one of these ones where it's like... I don't know. Well, that, he that has that an insular pretty... existence where he's surrounded by people who tell him how awesome he is all the time. So it's not like he has any real... You can be creative, I suppose, if you do mind-expanding drugs or whatnot, but you have to have an outside stimuli. I well, maybe. Think. I, don't, I don't know. I, I think if you're in a vacuum, you're only going to do shit that makes you laugh and if you're out of touch things like yoga hosers seem like hilarious well and the, yeah that's the thing is it's he's doing stuff that just amuses him which is i guess is okay but yeah, like you said he has the money to, to do him. it i mean that's the thing it's his money right but what he needs is someone to kind of pull back the reins a little bit and yeah. say hey you know what this is not good. Well, and part of it too is, I mean, Francis Ford Coppola does the exact same thing with his movies, but they just don't have as wide an audience. Right. You know? So uh, on a certain level, I'm like, you know, let Kevin Smith keep making these bad movies. I don't watch cause I don't watch them. Yeah. Like M night Shyamalan. Yeah. What, you know, I haven't watched the visit or whatever or split. I've gotten like three chances to see split already and I haven't taken up on it. Mm-hmm. I think it comes out in January. I don't even know it. Like, you know, it's almost one yeah. where I just don't even pay attention. But it's just, it's one of those things where realistically, if you have the money to make your own movies and you can make them for said audience, go for oh, it. Oh yeah, do it. I just, you know, I don't really watch his movies anymore. They're just not that interesting to me. Yeah, and yeah. I think there's a shelf life to a lot of his stuff. Yeah, and there's very few of them that I would go back and revisit. I think his and older movies, you know, like Mallrats, is really good, and I feel like relatively, yeah, and, and you know, he's making a sequel to that, and like, why, you know, just state of the things that you're doing now, you know, because he's smoking too much pot, yeah. and he's saying, well. What can I do now that they did another Star Wars that did the whole like nostalgia thing and everyone went out to see it? Maybe a whole bunch of people have nostalgia for Mall Rats, which would be cheap to make. Mm-hmm. And, and if he was going to revisit any I characters any in the View Askew universe, I'd rather you know the adventures of uh, Hooper X and Bank and uh, Banky. <laughs> you know, yeah. But that's a big part of it too. Is is that you kind of talk about like 
the running running on empty. It's like, okay, you did your New Jersey trilogy. Everybody knows it. It's beloved, you know, whether, I mean, every film or everything exactly is. But then it's kind of like, I felt like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, he kind of, which I do love. I think it's a hilarious movie. Um, but it's kind of like, personally, but with, um, you know, it was like kind of like, okay, I'm trying to get a little more mileage. Okay, I got a few more characters in the View Askew universe. And these are my most popular ones. Mm-hmm. He did in a, a reasonable way. Clerks 2 is the cash-in one where it's like, okay, this is what I consider like a Rob Zombie thing. After seeing I don't even know why Clerks 2 is called Clerks. It's really Clerks 3 because Jane Silent Bob is Clerks 2. True. Yeah. And I like I liked Clerks 2 in the sense that I laughed. Mm-hmm. But again, it's one of those things where there isn't any real, you know, it's kind of like – if you're going to keep talking about his characters, like it's supposed to be the growth of Dante. I mean, it's a very Dante-centric film and Randall's inability to grow mm-hmm. as a person. Um, but it's just one of those things where, you know, I like it. But, again, kind of going back to the whole idea of rewatchability, it's like how many times do I go, God, I'd really like to watch a Kevin Smith movie. Like, I don't think I've watched Dogma in at least a decade that now. That movie right. didn't age well. You know, maybe the thing is he should have just kept it animated. Because as time goes on, they do kind of become – you can't really do more movies with Dante and Randall because they keep aging, you know? Yeah, and the animated series is actually pretty good. It was very funny. The the anime sequence is still one of the funniest things ever. I practically pissed myself the first time I saw it. It was just so unexpected. And that was the thing. It was. It's unexpected. It's – that kind of thing. But I do think, yeah, it's like when you're talking about making yourself laugh or what your friends mm-hmm. think is funny or whatever, I don't know, whatever standard you're held to. And that's why I want to make horror films is that's the way I feel about like – because, I mean, to me, the Antichrist is Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like he is the worst, to me, personal comedian. And it's like the yeah. only way he can do it is kind of like the way Kevin Smith does with his cast is he surrounds with like – you know, like Jay and Silent Bobby look back at like Will Ferrell and all these people being in it right. that were not huge, huge at the time. And it's like you have to have that to make it not so stale. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, at least compared to Rob Zombie, yeah. at least he kept his wife out of most of the movies <laughs> or put her no, in these parts where it worked. She's in all of his movies. No, Jim no, no. Schwalbeck. Kept him out yeah. as, a, as a lead character. It's mm-hmm. like – she, I mean, my favorite is her Zach and Miri one. That still kills mm. me every time. Like, she's great, but it's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to go on What's Kevin the Smith next forever. movie? Wow. Yeah, what else and you I guys thought I was talking talk too much about, about yoga hosers. Yeah, well, no, 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 because it becomes a Kevin no, Smith thing because it's one of those truly, I mean, it's probably one of the divisive mm. things now in cinema yeah. where you're talking about one of the most celebrated <laughs> As we guys. Keep talking about yeah, it. but I mean, no, but I mean, I think just to. Hedge it off that that's the reason, yeah, is because he does keep making movies, uh-huh. and you brought up M. Night Shyamalan as well. And there's you, you could, there's probably a oh, long sure. list yes. of people you could bring up, yes, but that's and that hell, that's what we should write down as the next topic who has hit their expiration date. I'll um, probably skip out on that one because no more Kevin Smith talk, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah, exactly. But um, well, we can leave him out of the conversation because yeah, we already got, just talked uh, about him, yeah. yeah. But what, I and, and I don't want to put a little you know caveat on that too. No, I like. True. Kevin Smith and so I, I. I like his podcast. I like uh, you know oh, majority of the stuff of the th- stuff that he does, um, and it he feels like a guy that I could you know hang out with and get along with. But uh, it just needs to kind of have another partner to kind of nudge him and and, and mm-hmm. get stuff a little bit less <sighs> odd. Okay, 
Uh, Secret Life of Pets. Anyone? Anyone? No, anyone? I saw it. Be I like? talked about it a while back. Then. Yeah, I couldn't remember if you didn't talked about it. Didn't love it. Didn't didn't hate it. I I enjoyed it while I was watching. Yeah, it. Yeah, it looked beautiful. It was a it was a gorgeous it's movie. It's the highest grossing original film this year. Yeah, uh, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't know if it's uh, rewatchable for me. I uh, couldn't. Re-watch it was just kind of there. And it, it's it's been kind of a, a trend for me, and even with uh, like Zootopia, I just which is already on Netflix. Yeah, I was yeah, I saw surprised. that it was on yeah. Netflix. But I do. I genuinely love Zootopia, and I know I that. Sure. But for me, when I watched it, I said, "Well, okay, whatever." So I don't know if I'm getting now to that age where I'm 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 out of the the loop or out of the uh, demographic for. Those types of movies, but I don't think I am because I love like Wreck It Ralph and mm-hmm. uh, Tangled and and a lot of the newer ones that have come out recently, except for just over this maybe like last year or a year and a half, two years. I just have I it, it, they feel very formulaic to me, even though the other one, the the previous ones have been very very formulaic. Uh, something's not speaking to me. Yeah, at this time. Well, and they're, with they're, the animated movies, they're running out. I, I loved Big Hero Six. I oh, truly, yes, and I love that. I truly too. thought that was great. But yeah, from, for me, the apex is um, or the zenith. Everything perfection was up personally. Yeah, That's I think there have been two really good animated films this year. Kubo and the Two Strings is probably the year's best one so far. And I really like Kung Fu Panda Three, which for a sequel feels like an original movie. I think one of my favorite things about the Kung Fu Panda movies is that the flashbacks are traditionally animated. Mm-hmm. Like when they tell stories or dream, they're all like hand-drawn animation versus, and then the rest is a CG kind. I think that's really clever. Yeah. yeah. No, and they're they're beautiful. Yeah. Uh, where Jack Black has taken his Eddie Murphy-like donkey <laughs> career where this is all he's got left. Yeah. Independence Day. Re- no. reissued re I thought we talked about that last time bingled no? I talked I about didn't it. see it oh okay yeah. I have seen it since then I, I still haven't I'm not going to I loved it all right then all right I'm not even joking I thought it was a lot of fun mm. big old I- dumb popcorn movie and you know who was the big breakout that I was? I just was so in, insanely happy with from beginning to end. The fake Will Smith. No, <laughs> the 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 nice thing about the movie is those two character the 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 what the Liam, uh, Hergeberga Hemsworth Hemsworth He's in it? Yeah. is completely disposable. Okay. And then so is Will Kid Smith is completely disposable. So when they're on the screen, you're not really paying attention. You're kind of looking at like all the sci-fi stuff like in the background. Uh-huh. But uh, 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 Brent Spiner was so much fun in this Isn't movie. Isn't that what you were talking about, Kirby? No, I thought Brent Spiner was still great. I loved him in the original movie. What I was trying Who to I say? thought died. Yeah. Right. Was is that? But oh, yeah, then death. you went on the tangent about him being uh, gay for no reason. Well, it, well, it's just, it's one of those things yeah. where I just felt like, it, hey. I didn't more, even catch, I didn't pe- even catch that. Oh, it was, it was like a whole subplot. Oh, no, and then I didn't even they, pay attention to that. Where I don't want to give us. I just remember Kirby going on about it. <laughs> well, I just, I couldn't resist. It, it, it's not, again, I am extremely, <laughs> just so you, to pre- preface for you SJWs, I am a gay positive person. It, I mean, I was just talking about being created by Don Coscarelli. Yeah. Um, 
it's one of those things where I'm just I don't like things being so forced. No, I know. And it was one of those things where his character was still hilarious. I never said that. It was that they threw it in there and it, it literally felt like for absolutely no I'm sure it was to give his character like some Well, he had to have background. some backstory on it and and when you're originally watching it you know, he comes into the coma room and the guy's taking care of him. And you just think, well, they're doctors, you know, he's helping him or he, this is his best friend. And it's like, you know, and they and they gay and they could him. be. And yeah, and then they could be best <laughs> friends. I mean, that's oh. who you hope for any partner yeah. in any relationship. But I just felt so, so tacked on. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say it was a bad popcorn film when I was watching. Oh, it, I didn't say that. I, no, 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 no. But I was you pointed to say, right at me. I pointed. No, no, no. Because you said that about I'm just being a fun, the pot. a fun popcorn movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it wasn't that I hated it. I just found it forgettable. It was a one and done for me oh, personally. Sure. Yeah. Whereas when I saw the original Independence Day, I watched it numerous times. I after. did too, and it it has not aged well no, at all. And that's why I liked this one because I loved all like the uh, the integration of the alien technology into our world. I really enjoyed that. I, I it's not something where you see it being done very well most of the time. Either they go way overboard with it, or it's really super self-contained or too dark. Where this one made it feel or look more like the game Portal in some ways where you had a lot of the uh kind of glossy white walls with you know the blue little neon stripes you know and then you had the sphere that was this alien uh you know hybrid sort of consciousness that was visiting the planet and um it's like a living city but it's right it still looks like they what you would what you would want to expect and what you'd want to see, and even I would say this too because I've been so immersed in No Man's Sky, is that a lot of it reminded me of that as well. Some of the technology, um, which is maybe part of the reason why I was kind of geeking out on it. Uh, for me, better better than the first Independence Day movie. Um, probably still have to see the first Independence Day movie if you want to kind of see how the the characters evolved from where they were before. There's a lot of scene chewing. The um, Robert Lagoja thing was very strange um, where he was up on the, uh, where they reintroduced him, and but he was dead uh, in real life. Yeah. And it looked like they superimposed his face or kind of put him in the scene. Uh, but overall, I... I, I really did enjoy it. Uh, enough about that. Last one is Magnificent Seven mm-hmm. that I will mention. There's a couple others on my list, but I'm not going to – I still have to kind of digest them. But Magnificent Seven, uh, I wrote a review on cultfollowing.co. Overall, I liked it. It's somewhat forgettable, but again, good popcorn movie. Uh, Chris Pratt is doing Chris Pratt, uh, jokey, 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 tongue in cheek. Uh, lots of lots of guns. A lot of people getting shot and killed. Um, Any children? There are children. Mm-hmm. Any children are there getting killed? Children being killed. I don't believe so. Not on screen. Uh, maybe plenty. Uh, maybe later then. Off screen. 
Uh, well, anything's got to be better than Jane Goddard Gun, which is my vote for the worst movie of the year already. So, which I'm shocked. I saw on Netflix has a four out of five star rating. Maybe because um, it's new. Maybe because it's new. New. See, um, but worth checking out. You know, it's a it's a it's a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake. It gets made over and over again every five years, either for television or for the movies, but mostly like made for TV stuff. Uh, it's not any, well, it's certainly not better than the the classic masterpieces of the the 60s and 50s of Seven Samurai. And so it's not a good prequel Seven. for the Hateful Eight. Oh, right. Well, see, the thing is, is, you know, the Hateful Eight, like I, I mentioned this in review, is an absolutely gorgeous movie. But I wanted more meat on my bones. Speaking of which, Em, I don't want to spoil your Christmas surprise, but I'm going to get you the beat up Jennifer, J- Jennifer Jason Lee pop Funko for you. Oh, that's totally fine. Because <laughs> I, I just, that was my favorite part. Yeah. Uh, I, the cinematography in The Magnificent Seven just really wasn't as as good as it could have been. Mm-hmm. It looks very flat. It looked very flat. And the parts that were dark, I think they were thinking, well, these movies are shot in natural light now, so if they're inside of a cabin that only has maybe two windows, let's make sure we can't see anything. And it wasn't a matter of the projection uh, lumens. I know you like it when I start talking technical. I love uh, it. <laughs> we're turned down or to save energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, oh, I, I'm going to go off on this just a tiny, tiny little bit. And I, I swear I'm, I'm trying not to bore anybody. Uh, Dan Harkins was on uh, the radio recently, and he was talking about their new uh, state-of-the-art digital projection that uses lasers, freaking lasers. Mm-hmm. So now it's not a matter of using a bulb. Yeah, they're they're using lasers, and they say they're they're like the you know what a time to be alive. Yeah, apparently the uh, the Dawn of the Dead 3D at Beyond Fest is going to be projected using lasers 3D. Lasers. So that is the way they're going. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. So yeah. now I don't. Uh, hopefully, I don't have to worry about these. Some of these presentations being so dark, you know, I have yeah. no idea. Which ruined Star Trek for me, the last one, Beyond. It was so dark. I couldn't even see what was going on most of the time. Well, I think mm-hmm. me and my old man are going to go see uh, Magnificent Seven, so I'll let you know. That is a good movie to see, because I mentioned yeah. that to a guy at work who likes to go to But I will say, um, the quickest thing I can say is Anton Fuqua. I really did enjoy the Equalizer remake. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a magnificent job, no pun intended. Yeah, not when you put the show mm-hmm. and the movie next to each other, yeah. but just as its own... Entity, I thought. I it still was need good. to see London Has Fallen, even though he didn't direct that. <laughs> Isn't that on, on Netflix, Netflix too? Now. Yeah, I was going to oh. say. Um, yeah, all I can say here is throwing it out there for mine is uh, I posted my review of The Blair Witch. Um, Victor and I checked that one out. Um, yeah. As Victor already hates found footage, I think you can infer the rest of his review. Yeah, I don't have anything um, to say about it. I, I done Victor's recommendation. I did actually go see Morgan, which already has been dumped to the Dollar Theater. Mm-hmm. It's wow. good. And People it's, should uh, see it. It isn't. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I did enjoy it. I liked some of the morality and ethical questions. Um, I think that alone is worth checking out. On morality and ethics, and with recent Corey Feldman news, I watched the documentary An Open Secret which is about pedophilia in Hollywood and how long it was covered up through substantial trials in the 90s and the aughts. 
uh, including very powerful people, and I highly recommend checking that one out. Um, other than that, old stuff, I just want to quick say, I watched Black Roses again. I've been in a heavy metal horror mood ah, lately, yeah. and it is still like as it. fun as I remember, yes. and I really enjoyed it. Um, and one I did revisit real quick, because I just had a sincere hankering to watch again, was Twilight Zone the movie, Aha. which is not as good as I remember. No. Um, so, but another one. And then... Last but but still, the the one with the kid and in, in the, the house—that's probably the best segment. It's the kid. Of, well, it's the the rabbit. I and uh, the rabbit. I saw yeah. Kevin's, uh, our friend Kevin, his um, statue, his bust of the rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is amazing. Yeah, that was. Incredible. He brings it to. He also has a full creep show one. He's just got the most incredible collection. But um, made me want to rewatch it again, and it's just. Um, you know, it's very interesting. And I, I grew up, the one I always remember, of course, was the John Lithgow in the William Shatner right. role right. for The Nightmare of 40,000 Feet. But um, other than that, and then the last thing I want to say is I did get out um, to support my buddy, our buddy, Danny. Um, he uh, just put out a new book um, and had a showing at the, or reading at Changing Hands Bookstore in Phoenix and told some great stories. Um, he's written, this is his fourth book. I've enjoyed everything he's ever done. Uh, be sure to check it out um, on his website, um, uh, uh, Danny Marinino. I always get his name wrong every time. I'm sorry, my uh, my Guido friend. Um, in fact, he had an awesome story about Guidos. Um, but he's just he's a great storyteller and a really fun dude. And I've known him you know, over a decade now. I love you, buddy. Um, congratulations. It was awesome to see you. And um, I think that's about it. So... We'll wrap it up on that unless Victor's got anything to add. No, we can wrap it up. Sweet. All right. Till next time, guys. Check us out. We've got lots of events going on. Cult Classics AZ. You can check out our reviews at cultfollowing.co. And until next time, I'm Victor Marino along with Kirby Nelson. Rest in peace, Herschel Gordon Lewis. And Adam Rukowski. Uh, rest in peace, Arnold Palmer, which I was drinking during the podcast as well. Meow. Boom. <laughs> Sorry about that. 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 Now that was a lot longer than 10 minutes. <laughs>